the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I want to show you how Wall Street works with a little bit more scratching versus just going, oh, that's what he said on CNBC. Cisco CEO, if you claw into his data, Cisco just reported numbers. 40% of the revenue is coming from recurring offers. Okay. Recurring, that's good. So we see a lot of visibility. Visibility is really important to Wall Street. Future growth prospects are strong for subscriptions. Wall Street loves subscriptions. When we could see recurring revenue and we could see subscription, we're like happy. CEO is not mandating that people come back to the office. Interesting. I know Apple is asking people to work three days a week in the fall from the office. Okay. 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 Things have improved, Cisco CEO says, in China, but power supply issues still exist. This is a big one. China is shooting silver into the sky. At this point, I'm trying to attract rain clouds or make rain clouds. I don't know how that works. But it's a thing. If you take a look at the Colorado River in the United States, it's a problem. There's not water in it. And when there's not water, you can't go whitewater rafting. And when there's not water, you can't uh, siphon off the water to, to put into the fields in Mexico to grow tomatoes and avocados. Um, the drought issues are real to the farmers, and the farmers supply a lot of food to my table. Am I concerned about drought? I am. So China's having some droughts too, and this isn't just Cisco who says it, but Tesla is saying it. And Foxconn, who makes your next iPhone, is saying they're shutting down factories right now due to a water shortage. Water is used in both the production of electricity as well as the production of semiconductors. Could that hurt Apple? Could Apple be a short because of drought? Instead of Warren Buffett, buy it forever. Could it be maybe we see if drought will wipe out some of its production and make them fail the ability to hit their iPhone sales? But Cisco went on to further in their call to say that supply chain issues are easing and that they're optimistic about Europe and Asia. So with a lot of what's going on with Asian droughts, Asian COVID, Europe and natural gas, Europe and Putin. Cisco's giving us a little love today by saying that. Now, here's an interesting one. I just talked about shorting Apple. I don't short stocks. I want to show you how a short thinks because I read a research report on a short and why he just shorted Apple in a swing position, ultimately saying that it's rallied 34% essentially in a straight line. So when it hit June lows, it just took off up one third 
that's a pretty good return if you were able to bottom fish. And he's saying that he's going to short the stock, but he expects the stock at some point to hit record high territory again. So that's why he's doing a swing position. The short said of Apple, it's one of the most impressive companies in the world, but valuation does not screen as attractive at 28 times. For a company, it's growing earnings at 6%, sales at 5% in the next year, a peg ratio of about two and a half uh, price of the PE versus growth. He thinks the stock is overbought, 15% above its 50-day moving average, 9% above its 200-day moving average. Moving averages tell you where, where that lies. And when it gets ahead of it, it's telling you just fa- it's too, a little too fast. It's sprinting a little too fast. It's burning too, too much energy. So the short, do you see how short's thinking now? And another point the short made on Apple was the news the next major product announcements for next month likely created some additional momentum buyers. But nothing that's been announced so far is surprising. Um, there's a Apple whisperer guy named Mark German. He works with Bloomberg. And he thinks Apple will unveil the iPhone 14 on September 7th with devices going on sale September 16th. The iPhone 14 will have four cameras in the back this time. The new Apple Watch line, including a new SE, Series 8, and Apple Watch Pro, all likely to show up as well. Beyond the iPhone and the watch, he is telling us that there will be some new Macs later this year. An entry-level iPad and iPad Pro in October. I think there will be four models of the iPhone 14, 14, 14 Max, 14 Pro, lower SE. Doesn't sound like there will be anything terribly exciting about the new phones. Better battery, better camera. And he doesn't think that's negative for the stock, but he also doesn't think there's any surprise for the stock because of product. It's hard to poke holes in the inv- Apple investment thesis on the long term. Um, that there are players like Warren Buffett who are in it for the long term and don't want to sell. He thinks there could be a correction in the markets, and that would also bring Apple down because it's such a large part of the QQQ. It makes up 11% of the NASDAQ, essentially, 6% of the S&P 500. So when you own the S&P 500 in your retirement account, you own Apple. And when you own Apple, you're kind of owning the S&P 500 on some levels. Not quite as true, that direction back. But that's how a short thinks on Apple. Did any of that like go, wow, it's moving day average in this case. It going too far up too fast. And it's valuation that's doesn't really justify a premium or the lack of growth, but it's a trillion dollar company. It makes billions of phones. It's got margins that, that they can pull on. They can do big stock buybacks. That's the fear on me on the, the I wouldn't short Apple because of stock buybacks. I know my hundred share short's not going to add up to against a billion dollar buyback. You know that, I know that. So unless I had billions and billions, I ain't shorting. Anyhow and anyway, I'm not going to beat that fish as it's swimming upstream. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. That's how someone shorts a stock. Momentum easing. I like it. 
you get the idea. A little bit of valuation. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Yesterday was one of those days where the market just felt like blah. The Shaw of blah. The Dow snapped a five-day winning streak. It was kind of running up that hill and it couldn't get up Kate Bush's hill. It was kind of trying to rally the the Peloton up the mountain climb and you couldn't get up. Aggressive insurance just hit an all-time high. Interesting as a stock. There aren't many stocks that are hitting all-time highs. Apple is getting closer and closer and closer and then, oh, some air came out. What was the big story yesterday? The big story yesterday was the minutes from the Fed's July meeting showed that central bankers aim to continue raising interest rates to curb inflation. There might be a point in the future where it will be appropriate to slow the pace was what I got out of it. In order to avoid hurting the economy more than necessary. But for now, Captain, full speed ahead. That's kind of what we learned yesterday. The CDC knows how hard the CDC dropped the ball on its response to COVID-19, and they've come out with a lot of new guidelines. Trying to dial down the academic culture, try to move faster, try to play well with others, try to get the big picture. It's interesting when you have management at the CDC change that you get that perspective. This is what we need. Different kind of culture. We need to move faster. We need to play well with other industries, and we need a bigger picture of what we're trying to accomplish. A healthcare directive is very similar to a corporate directive in that manner, in my opinion. Um, the electric future. Are you feeling it yet? I would strongly consider Googling winners of the Biden Climate Act or the Inflation Reduction Act. It'll be worth it for you. NASA's most powerful moon rocket made its public debut, getting pulled from a hangar to a launch pad in uh, preparation for an uncrewed launch on August 29th. We're getting ready to go back for basically a test run to the moon, and then a test run to the moon will be a test run to Mars. Kind of exciting. NASA hopes to land astronauts on the moon in 2025. Let's see. When is that? Oh, three years from now. So my kids will be in college or pushing towards college, right? But that should help America's science and math as we're watching rockets go to the moon. One of my neighbor's kids got a degree from the University of Colorado, basically in rocket science. I think there's a feature there. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. Other big stories of note today. Kohl's is down 6.7% after a disappointing report and outlook. Estee Lauder is down 1.5% after women say, we're not wearing makeup ever again. No, no, they didn't say that. They said 2023 revenue guidance is lower. And I got to be careful saying women wear makeup because have you seen Ezra Miller who's in the news with the, uh, he's gone kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy over, uh, uh, he's starring in Warner Brothers The Flash and he is like got a cult going on or something. That man wears makeup well. So Estee Lauder is really down just because of guidance. 
BJ's wholesales where you're like, who are they? They're all over the East Coast in the middle part of the country. Um, think of them as a Costco. Think of them as a Walmart club kind of thing. They're up 7% on a beat and raise. What does that tell you? People need giant things of Wheaties. They need giant vats of sugar. They need what? Are we, two cases of soda at once. Yeah. Getting discounts are important to people right now. That's what it tells me. Tapestry, who I hate the name, sells expensive purses. His little change today on mixed guidance. Cisco Systems is kind of helping out there today because they had a nice quarter last night. They topped fiscal fourth quarter expectations. They're saying it continues to see strong demand that news and a little bit better than expected guidance from Wolf Speed, Keysight Technologies, and Stopsys is kind of, those are all growthy stocks that you've probably, you've heard of Synopsis, I'm pretty sure, but you probably haven't heard of Wolf Speed and Keysight. They don't make the screens on a regular basis of headline news. This morning, we got jobless claims. This is an important one. Our job market is so weird right now. I was having dinner with a lady last night. And uh, she's left her job, partially because uh, I think COVID just turned it into a show on Zoom. And it kind of productivity ground to a halt, and the challenge wasn't there. We are talking about the labor force and people getting back to work and how lucky we feel to be sitting down and having someone bring us food, someone cook us food. Some of us order the food and bring it to the restaurant. Um, it's a luxury. So the jobless numbers this morning, uh, first-time unemployment claims decreased by 2,000 to 250,000, while continuing jobless claims for the week ending August 6th increased by 7,000 to 1.43 million. So we try to take away something in anytime we talk economic data. And the takeaway here is the initial claims level is still a long way from recession levels. And this is the week uh, in which the survey for the August employment report was conducted. The lowest level of initial jobless claims supports expectations for continued strength in non-farm payrolls. So the Federal Reserve is not going to get any break from the labor market in the short term. And they kind of want to break the labor market because when you break the labor market and turn employment from 3.5% to 4 to 45 to 5%, that little 1.5%, 2% of workers not buying or hesitating what they're buying or buying on credit or failing on their credit and getting repossessed, that failure kills inflation. Just like higher interest rates will deter you, losing your job will deter you even faster. So do I think Jerome Powell hates the average American worker? No. But do I think some people need to lose their job to to get to the success that he wants? Yes. I know. But when an unemployment is so low, it's also terrible for you, the worker. Because the guy who's working right next to you is not talented. He's going to pay just as much as you are. And you're not being rewarded for being beautiful and bright and smart and insightful and productive. You don't want employers holding on to employees who are not productive. There's kind of a match with supply. There's demand. There's productivity. It all blends together.
And also when unemployment's super low, like it is right now, it creates that guy who comes out of college and gets a six figure job. And you're like, I worked 10 years to get to six figures. I sacrificed everything. I got more credentials. And this kid just walks out of college chewing bubble gum with a psych degree. And suddenly he's working at a financial institution. Uh Uh-huh. So it's kind of weird. The good economic news that we got today on first-time unemployment claims is bad for inflation. It's bad for the stock market. Bad. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out robblackshow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. So, you know, Amazon has Amazon Prime. And Amazon Prime has some TV shows with the prequel to The Lord of the Rings coming this fall. A lot of people are excited by that. I think it's got a crazy budget. And the cost per show is going to be outrageous. And will it just be another fantasy or will it? be something that defines generation. I think Amazon really wants it to define a generation. Okay, so you know Amazon has Prime and they have Prime Music and they have Prime Storage where you can store and they have Prime Delivery. It's a subscription service that bundles a lot of things together. You may just think of Amazon Prime as the way to get your packages fast, but you can actually listen to music. There's there's a lot of stuff there going on there. Well, you know Walmart has Walmart Plus, right? Walmart Plus is like Amazon Prime. And I bet you didn't know this. They too have a video service. So I don't know anyone who has Walmart Plus or uses Walmart Plus. I'm not against the idea. It's way cheaper than what Amazon's trying to do. But what video do you get with Walmart? It's pretty kooky. Uh, Paramount. uh, Walmart Plus is decided we're going to go with Paramount Plus. So is that because Paramount Plus is kind of like a CBS thing and CBS skews a little bit older and younger? They've got a lot of animation shows for young kids like uh, Paw Patrol, SpongeBob, Dora. But they also have things like Colbert, who I think is kind of with the smarter late night watcher, the politically motivated, i.e. older. But they also have things like, um, uh, not Star Wars, the other one, Star Trek. Interesting that they have a partnership, right? So Paramount Plus is a $4.99 service. So suddenly Walmart Plus, which costs $12.95 a month, you're getting the delivery plus a streaming service. Now Walmart, Paramount Plus is never going to be confused with Netflix or Disney. Um, CBS All Access is what it used to be called. They've got a number of hits now. They've got Halo, The Good Fight, Evil, and a whole slew of Star Trek shows. Plus, they've got a cinematic universe for Yellowstone, which is exclusive to Peacock. Paramount Plus will be the home of the Top Gun Maverick movie, the sixth highest grossing movie ever. For the soccer moms out there, best movie of the year. Take me away or lose me forever, Maverick. Yeah. 
maybe not on this one. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and much, much more. Let's take a look at the market, shall we? Oh, housing numbers came out this morning, and they're not super important. Yet, there's something that's happening in housing with a lot of canceled contracts. Existing home sales, 4.8 million versus expectations of 4.85 million. I don't think that's going to move the needle. But what is the story here is the big picture. Housing struggling. Moving homes, 1% or 2% differences are really shaking up the overall landscape of home sales. They fell nearly 6% in July as the housing market is sliding into a recession. When you fall two quarters in a row of GDP, it is the national recession. In terms of economic impact, you're looking at a housing recession because builders are not building. So sales of previously owned homes fell 6% in July. Sales count declined to a seasonally adjusted annualized rate of 4.8 million. It's the slowest pace since November of 2015. If you know a realtor out there or a mortgage lender, give them a hug. Sales fell about 20% from the same month a year ago. And you're getting National Association of Realtors. Economists come out and say, yep, housing recession. Home buyers are still contending with tight supply. There's 1.3 million homes for sale. At the current sales pace, that represents a 3.3 month supply. So it's still, in theory, a seller's market. Houses are moving fast. There's not a lot of inventory, but yet sales are falling. Demand is falling off a cliff due to, I think, what is obvious, you think is obvious, affordability. Prices are stubbornly high. We haven't seen the the slash yet. The median price of a home sold was $403,800. That's an increase of 10.8% year over year. Now those gains are starting to moderate as the smallest annual increase since July 2020 is in the books. We're seeing a record number of people cancel home contracts to buy homes that are being built by the home builders. So home builders have in on their hands a problem. They're having higher commodity costs. They're building the homes and the homes are starting to fall in price. So if the home sits on the lot for too long and too many people cancel, they've built this $400,000 home that they're going to have to sell for $375,000. It's not quite that kind of math, but it's pretty close. It's the right idea in their minds. Sales activity continues to be stronger on the higher end of the markets. Luxury always wins in good economies and bad economies. It's like the dynamic pricing for concert tickets. We hate the system unless we have money. (laughs) It's dynamic pricing tries to get the very, very best seats out of the hands of scalpers because the scalper will get the seat for $200 in the first 10 rows. And then they would charge it to you and me and things like StubHub and after market resellers and then market up four, five, six, seven, eight times. So now they're trying to give that money to the, not trying to give it to the artist. 
The artist now believes, and the artist is controlling Ticketmaster. Pearl Jam, who once stood against Ticketmaster, now stands with Ticketmaster. The idea on ticket uh, dynamic ticket pricing is if there's a lot of demand, like when Bruce Springsteen just came out and said he's going to be back on tour for the first time in like six to eight years. That doesn't sound right, but it, I guess it is. And people lost their minds. So they wanted tickets, 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 tickets. So those tickets were going for $5,000. A couple of weeks later, those tickets are going for $600 because the initial demand of the first few days waned. And it, the idea was to keep it out of the hands of the scalper. Now the scalper are buying the tickets thinking last second people are going to want to see them and they'll be willing to pay that four or $5,000 that Ticketmaster couldn't get for it or did get some. You know, you get the idea. Anyway, housing and sales activity continues to be stronger at the high end of the market because people like paying those prices. They have the money. They don't care. I have a little bit of that going. When you have an apathetic relationship with money, it's not healthy. If you have an apathetic to the point of like, yeah, I, I value you know experience over saving. I want a good life experience for my kids. Like, yeah, it's not the best financial decision. As long as you know it. I'm Rob Black. That's all I care about getting you to retirement. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. So I used to play sports when I was younger. I played goalkeeper in soccer. And the view of game that a goalkeeper has is chaos. You're seeing... 10 big men against 10 big men out on the field, the pitch, the view. And you're seeing how they're moving up the field. Whereas if you're on offense, you're looking for empty space in soccer. The strikers, they see it, the field totally different than the goalkeeper does. And if you're a defender, you're seeing, you know, zones that you have to, to operate with that sport that I loved and still do. I, I, I think it is the greatest sport. I know. Sorry, NFL. As far as betting goes, the NFL way out trumps soccer. But I give you the perspective because there's an amazing book that I read that I highly recommend if you need to kill something during the holiday called The Floating Opera by John Barth. And I don't think I was using hallucinatory drugs, but it feels like it when you try to explain it. it. It's the floating opera was written in the 50s, 60s when America started seeing science and the world at a different atomic level. Um, and if you go to a floating opera, you would see from a distance. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a it's it's a, a sphere of people in an opera, and they're all singing beautiful music. But if you get closer, it's too loud. If you get underneath it, you miss the bass. It's at the top. But you get the high pitch at the lower end. If you get inside of it, you you, you only hear the section that, that's singing. It's all about perspective. The economy has perspective as well. Let me give you housing for instance. You know, last segment I was talking about housing and uh, how the housing data is is it's it's not good. Let's do that story one more time, but let's do it from three different perspectives, right? Sales of previously owned homes fell 6% in July compared with June. It's the slowest sales pace since November 2015. Sales fell about 20% from the same month a year ago. Okay, sales fell 20% from this month last year and 6% from June to July. Wow. 
as Donald Trump once said in a soundbite on the show. Um, if you're a home owner, you're incredibly comfortable. If you're a realtor, those volumes that are down 20%, that's a big drop in volume. Realtors make money on volume, 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 and price, price, price. Now, obviously, the volumes are down 20% in, in quantity. Now, if you're the homeowner, you're still very comfortably off, financially speaking. There's an increase of 10.8% year over year. Is it as fast as it was growing last month? Nope. But if you're the homeowner, you've seen a massive surge. I've seen my home that I bought a year ago shoot up about 30% in a year. And then now it's off 5%. One month I'm poor, one year I'm rich. It's perspective of time in the market, is it not? So the three different perspectives that you're seeing this from, realtors as a career are seeing a lot less volume. So you should go hug a realtor. If you're the homeowner, you're fine on a year-over-year basis. You're not so good on a month-to-month if you're trying to predict the exact top. Now, if you're a home buyer, you're screwed. Less inventory means people are going to be competing for what's out there. Higher mortgage rates means it's going to be less affordable to you. So you're waiting for Godot. You're waiting for home prices to come down. So they they match with the mortgage rate that matches with your income. So, you know, I always say there's no right answers in finance. There aren't. There's no winners. There's compromises. Sounds like my marriage, right? Sales activity continues to be stronger on the higher end of the market, which again, okay. Once again, luxury plays a, a level of this. The home builders are freaked out because they're building homes and people are canceling contracts, and yet they have to sit on that inventory. Inventory is a big economic stat in my head. It should be in your head, too. Of The longer something sits, the more we want it to discount. Clothes you get. Spring and summer clothes have about two weeks left to sell before they get massive discounts. Uh, a Christmas sweater, you know, what, what, what good that does you in February, March, April? Not as much. Hey, he's wearing Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer sweater and it's March. What's wrong with this wackadoodle? I never want to be confused with a crazy person. Do you know I cut my hair? I was trying to grow it long to see what it would look like. Is a guy who's always had pretty tight hair. I grew my hair long and I was like, I look crazy. I need to shave it. So what I did was I pulled out the razor and I started cutting the areas that made me look crazy on TV. And then I looked at myself and I said, you just gave yourself a haircut. You are crazy. <laughs> like, that's not good. Oh, Rob Black and your senile Rob Black and your money. So do you see how the perspective really does matter in investing? And timing does as well. For instance, one area that I'm really fascinated in, but I haven't pulled the trigger on, is not ticket prices because we've done that one. It's it's tied towards gambling, online sports books. They've started to change their tune after a year of BetMGM, FanDuel, and DraftKings of betting on horse four. Every horse race you ever bet on, the first race you always bet on horse four. I don't know why. It's just it's 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 what you do. 
I do a show bet, win, place, or show. I want to do a... Anyway, I'm digressing. The horse that the the publicly traded investments, that MGM, FanDuel, and DraftKings, was we need to spread a wide net and get as many customers as possible. Now they're changing a little bit. They're going after the whales. Stay with me for a second. Sports betting is legal in 36 states plus Washington, D.C. It generated about $3 billion in revenue for bookkeepers through the first six months of the year. That's 66% increase year over year. It's still kind of new. Still not enough for most major sports books to earn a dime. The house may always win in Vegas, but online upstarts are spending hundreds of millions of dollars just to attract a new guest through the front door of the app. With football coming up back in, you're going to see a lot of DraftKings commercials on ESPN. Most major sports books have pegged cost per customer acquisition to around $300, with a customer lifetime value of around $2,500. So you sign up for DraftKings, you get that bet $10 this weekend on any game in the NFL, and we'll give you a free $300. But that's only after you put in $300. So they'll double it to $600, knowing that you're eventually, and then to pull it out, it's a pain in the arse. So by the time you pull it out and give up and close the app or just let the app keep your money forever and ever, you're down $2,500. That's the mathematics of it. And that's what that the sports books are, are counting on at, at MGM. So they think the industry has gone too far. So Caesars, BetMGM, DraftKings have said, we're shelling out too much money for a new customer. We got to cut that cost of acquisition. But in California, a regional market, they're betting big. Sportsbooks are expected to shell out about $1.8 billion in advertising up from $1 billion last year. But that'll cool about $1.9 billion in advertising the year after that. So... California, the biggest state in the nation, is in that situation of approving a ballot initiative to legalize gambling in November. Should the measure pass, expect sportsbooks to rush to the Golden State like it's 1849. But for the other, was it 39 states that have all in gambling? 36. Money's already been spent and it's already starting to slow. So the initial rush of signing up people will happen in California if that measure gets through. And I don't know what measure it is. And it's embarrassing that I say that because I've only seen the commercial about 1 million times where the poor Indian tribe is saying, the big Indian tribes have the money and the wealth to build casinos. Not all Indian tribes are the same. And then you learn that that commercial was sponsored by the DraftKings FanDuel Bet MGM Alliance. And you're like, whoa, uh, large tribes hate small tribes of Indians. And you're like, small tribes hate large tribes. Is this a thing in the 21st century? And it is when it comes to online gambling, right? I know, I know, I know. And when you start taking a look at what's happening with the advertising, there's a one to your rush. So BetMGM, FanDuel, and DraftKings, I don't like them in their first year is what I've learned. As states started to legalize, they overspent on advertising to get customers. Now they're starting to think we got to do this a little bit differently. 
But in California, they're going to do a, a, a land grab. But ultimately, they need to start catering to what are the whales. The whales are the people who spend more than 2500 The whales are the people who get something that's cheap and buy extra services inside, 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 inside. So lucrative pro and college football season is on the horizon. Sports books are surprising us. They're, they're cutting back spending in established markets. They're increasing spending in new markets. Should pay off in about a year. Wall Street, will they be early to it or will they be late to it? It'll be interesting to see. Sportsbooks dynamics have changed a lot in the last two years. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.